to Teachers Talk Film. This is episode 19 here. I'm Mitchell Main here with my great friend, English film teacher, Pete Ray. You may know him as X-Ray. X-Ray, tell us how you're doing. Better than you. That's all I know. Better um, than me. Yes. Uh, yeah, better than you. I'll just leave it at that, I guess. You already know this. The audience does not know. I, I'm, I have COVID. Have you had COVID? Uh, yes, I have. And, uh, you know, I mean, I got somewhat sick. The worst thing, I couldn't taste anything for a solid month. Nothing. A month? A month. Yeah. Like, I could see if it was like a week or two, but a whole month was, uh, I've just cleaned my cupboards out of any leftover food that was in there <laughs> when was this i didn't even know you had covid in it was like, before the podcast oh yeah yeah it was in like february um i was just putting hot sauce on rice to be like please come back to me <laughs> but it wasn't happening it was, it was rough man how are, how are you doing with it i'm 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 okay i'm on the upside um so shelby had it before me and like I knew it was coming and yeah. like, she kept act acting like I was wanting it because I was just like <laughs> sitting around waiting for it. And that wasn't necessarily the case of me wanting it. I just kind of wanted to get it so I could be done with it because I knew it was going to happen. Um, and so she came home Thursday and tested positive. And so obviously I stayed in the house with her. I texted you that night and told you that she had it. And then I was fine Friday. Saturday, I felt like a little achy, but I felt good enough to go for the fat man's jog in <laughs> 95 degree heat in like 1230 Saturday afternoon. Um, no Tylenol in me or anything, just going in just raw, just rough. Um go for the run, come back home, drink a nice Sprite to really like burn my throat. Felt really good. Shout out LeBron James. Shout out LeBron. Shout out Vince Staples. Um, and then I took a nap. And then when I woke up from my nap, dude, I felt like I had got run over by a bulldozer, whatever you want to call it, dude. I felt so bad. I, and I was like acting like kind of like playfully sick before this. Yeah. She was kind of sick of it. She was like, <laughs> you have man flu, blah, 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 blah. And like, I get up, I'm like, I really don't feel good. And she's like, Oh, give me a break, blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, I know, like I have it. I can just sense it. And so I took my temperature and my fever was like one Oh two. Nice. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I have it. There's really no need to test. And then I had just the most raging headache. <coughs> oh, look, he's, he's milking it for the audience. He's coughing. He's clearing his throat. <laughs> I do remember that. Then. It was the, the worst headache I've ever had in my life for like two days straight. Just want to go away. I'm going to need you to assist me in this one. Whenever that happens, like to fill in the airspace, just I can stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah, I can feel. Maybe yeah. I'll wrap some Kanye West at one yeah. point. I'll see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're. Um, yeah, I'm. I need you. I told you this was like my flu game here today. Um, yeah. 
Shout out MJ. Shout out MJ. But yeah, the the headache was probably the worst part, honestly. And then the aches just in general. I woke up Sunday feeling okay. Um, and then today I'm feeling pretty okay, actually. I think like my fever, I don't have a fever today, which is nice. Um, I sound worse than I feel, I think, which is good. I think I'm on the up and up. Um, I have my sleep test later this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so like I'm not like I'm not missing that because yeah. I would like I had to wait three and a half months to get this thing scheduled. You want um, that Baker mask. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing I'm all stay cooped up in the house to feel better in order to do that. And I think I will. I think after like tomorrow afternoon, I think I'll be ready to rock and roll. Um, but yeah, man, I never thought it would hit me. It kind of sucks thinking about it because Shelby's a nurse. We're teachers. Those are like two professions where like you're, you're bound to get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's happening. And we're almost approaching three years and this is both me and Shelby's first time getting it. So that is lucky. Yeah. Yeah. We made it this far. Yeah. That's impressive. Like you said, to have like the two careers where, I feel like you're guaranteed to get it or you're around it the most. And yeah, it took you this long. You have teenagers huffing glue and spitting on each other, <laughs> making out in the bathrooms or wherever, hiding away. And then you have sick elderly people, like literally with COVID, like exposed in all ways. Yeah, we never got it until now. So, oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah. I didn't even know you had it. I feel like a terrible friend. <laughs> I, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I didn't announce it to the world. Like, hey, everybody, look at me. Yeah. So, how yeah. much time did you have to take off from work? Um. So it was kind of weird. I think I only missed a day because they like changed the guidelines or whatever, and it was like from when you were showing symptoms, and I was like showing them on Friday or something, and then they were gone by. Like the the headache and all that stuff was gone, but the not tasting anything lasted for what felt like eternity but yeah I think I only missed a day and then I I found out I had it because I went to taste a a lollipop and I was like whoa I'm getting nothing nothing at all because I didn't feel anything I felt totally fine like nothing at all and then I was like that's that's kind of strange and yeah then it hit me that's that's got to be the worst part Saturday night um Shelby's parents brought us over burgers dude they've been so nice to us like they've brought us food and like went grocery shopping for us um shout out Shelby's parents um but anyways they brought over burgers and like they had all the fixings the onions and things like that and I like my onions I'm a guy that will like literally when I'm chopping onions when I see just random slices I'll I'll pick them up and I'll just eat them plain I know that's weird Dude, that is, that is, <laughs> I can't, I can hardly look at onions. That's Shia LaBeouf <laughs> energy from Holes. <laughs> but no, I was eating the onions plain on Saturday and like onions are pretty ripe, you know, like they'll sting you in the eyes. Yeah. And I was eating them plain and I was had no problems. I was drinking a lemon lime Gatorade. The taste was very faint. Um, I was taking scoops of peanut butter with my finger and sticking them in my mouth because I heard like you 
that's something that helps get your taste back. And I was just wiping it around my mouth and could just taste nothing. Do you know how gross peanut butter is when you can't taste it? It's the grossest thing in the world. It's like thick, nasty. Oh, it was terrible. I think that was propaganda created by GIF <laughs> to make you buy their product. <laughs> yeah, probably. That is true, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, just the like the texture of peanut butter without the taste like it. It's just like like a wet Play-Doh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's gross. I hope I don't lose my taste. I think I'm I think I'm like not going to get any new symptoms. That would suck, though. I mean, I I could actually probably go without not having my taste for a while because then I would stop eating so much. That's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> not how it works. Yeah, I haven't eaten all day. I've had some peanuts and I tasted those. That's good. But yeah, I don't know. So you were just putting hot sauce on rice. Yep. Wow. I can't believe I didn't know. This was still in the time frame when we liked, we like talked to each other like once a year. Yeah. Like, how you doing? Good. Cool. See you later. <laughs> Let's go see a movie next year. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm loving to uh, see how you transition from COVID talk to uh, like whatever we get into next. Yeah. um, Well, my brain is not in full capacity today. I will (laughs) say that. So it might be a challenge. Um, But no, when you have COVID, you feel like, like symptoms wise, like you get a little bit of everything everywhere all at once as far as and um we're gonna be talking about that today that film everything everywhere all at once you like that transition um it's an a24 film as we know produced by the daniels um we just both finished watching it for the second time um before we get into our review we like a24 movies um Yeah, I figured why not do a do a little draft of our top five A24 films. And I was thinking we could just number them one through five, but I think a draft would be a little bit more high stakes and maybe more challenging. So um, are you up for that? Yeah, I I do just want to say you told me to rank mine. So you're uh, you're holding your cards close to the vest. So now I, I only have six, and I know you're going to take some of mine, so uh, um, I'll manage. I'll manage. Well, well, to be fair, I just thought of that literally as <laughs> I was saying it. <laughs> okay, I like it on the fly. Because I only have five written down, so I'm going to have to go into my bag. and. Okay. I think I have some that you don't, though. I definitely I know I have some that you do, though. Okay, I, I think I've got at least, I don't know, we're pretty similar, at least one that I don't think you do i don't know we'll see all right so do you want to go first and then i'll do two and then you do one or should we just go one and one back and forth no we'll do a little two-man snake draft all right uh, yeah you're giving right, me start us off life. i'm taking everything everywhere all at once um <laughs> and i'm not gonna say anything else because i'll save it all for the review but that's definitely the the first pick okay Great pick would have been my first pick. Obviously. I figured. I figured. Um, okay. Well, that one's out. Um, I got two now. 
Um, I'm gonna go with the lighthouse. Ooh, great movie. Um, one of the weirder movies I've ever seen. Would you agree? I would agree. I think Willem Dafoe's best performance, though. Yeah, I know you. You love love Willem Dafoe. Is he is he your favorite actor, dude? He might be. Um, back in my young immature film days mark Wahlberg was my favorite <laughs> you know what that's worse than the onions thing you said earlier yeah, i would agree <laughs> i would agree um willem defoe's up there though i think him yeah probably him we'll have to do a top five actor draft yeah we will he, he would be in mine lakeith stanfield as well shout out lakeith two episodes in a row for lakeith did he get a shout out last episode I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. What did we even review last week? Oh, that's sad. Thor. Oh, Thor. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm telling you my brain, dude. Um, all right. Lighthouse. And then another one that kind of surprised me when I watched it for the first time. Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. Um, Moonlight was not on my list. Like, I think it's a great movie, but it just, I didn't like, I don't know. I want to consider it a favorite. I liked it. I think it was um, unique. It was one that Shelby and I were watching at her parents' house when we were still dating. And there's a lot of um, interesting content in that movie. And like, it was still in like the early stages of like getting to know her family and stuff. So as we were all watching it, it was kind of weird. Um, Yeah. I was, I was like thinking to myself like man this is really good but like I didn't want to like be yeah. like too jazzed up on it because they would think I'm a weirdo um but yeah moonlight nice um moonlight my next pick oh I'm trying to think if I should be strategic no I'm not going to be strategic I'm just going to take my favorite um uh, my number two is going to be ex machina um you seen this um honestly i haven't dude put it at the top of the list i will Um, what do you mean by strategic though isn't the whole point of a draft to be strategic well yeah but i i feel good about the rest of my list that you may have one or two of them so i'll just figure i'll go with what i want to go with okay yeah all right um, but yeah, it's about like um, this, like, I think he's a programmer or something. He goes to this like billionaire guy's house and um, meets like this robot who's a kind of human, kind of not. Um, and Oscar Isaac plays the billionaire. And it is, I watched it like before I really started watching movies, but it was a movie that like got me thinking about movies. Like it was just, it was really good. I watched it for a college class and I was like, whoa, this is this is sweet. So yeah, it's awesome. I think Oscar Isaac is your Willem Dafoe. Is that a fair judgment? I would say he's definitely top five. Top five? Yeah. Yeah. And he's I definitely... on the up and up too. I don't think he's hit his prime yet. No way. No way. But yeah, he's yeah, we definitely need to do that list in the future. Yeah. Um Maybe when I pick uh, The Gray Man as my movie, 
do everything but review that movie <laughs> uh so yeah ex machina um i need to rewatch it um my next pick is going to be ladybird i love ladybird uh that's like a near near 100 for me that's in the high 90s uh i've only seen it once i again need to watch it again uh I, I love that movie. I'm that gonna say, be on your list, right? No, no. I think I and I think Lady Bird is a great movie. I I knew I was actually I knew that that was gonna come up. I I gave Lady Bird a 91, and I feel like that's generous. I feel like Lady Bird, and I'm not. I mean, I am hating on it, but I don't. I'm not hating on it at the same time. It's the I think it's the most overrated A24 movie of all time. Oh, what a statement. What a statement. <laughs> Lady Bird. It's good. But is it like groundbreaking in terms of storytelling? Not necessarily. I mean, it, it looks takes great. Place in Sacramento. That alone is groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing going on in Sacramento. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe this. Yeah. I think I, you uh, just strengthened my draft by picking oh, Lady Bird. I, oh, did I? <laughs> Interesting. Well, All maybe right. you didn't, depending on what you think. But Let's hear your next two. Now I'm ready to shoot these down, but I'm probably not because I lo- probably like them a lot. My next two. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, the Green Knight. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't pick that. that I knew was, that would be on your list. That was my next. That was my next one. Um, why do you Why do you like the Green Knight so much? Um, because <clears throat> it's a film that's like, I think only a select few of people really will like it. Um, we saw it together. It was very, it felt very long and drawn out, but like at the same time, I didn't want to look away or think about anything else while it was going on because it was just so visually appealing. Um, It's cool that they took the story of like King Arthur and made it into it. It's obviously not a modern tale because it's still dated, but they made it in a contextual or a, a contemporary framework with all the new film processing and things like that um i thought the actor i can't remember his name right now yeah dev patel yeah he did great you Um, consider yourself a fan of this movie and uh (laughs) (laughs) um i like how they showed him as like um sir gowan as like sort of this like rebel kid because that's something that i feel is not necessarily shown in the lore of the actual story um, I wanted more of the Green Knight, though. I think we talked about that at the end. Like, yeah. it'd be sick if we got a spin-off movie of for the Green Knight. Yeah, that would have been sweet. Yeah, um, I just love the way that it looked. It was insane, insane visuals, insane cinematography. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and that wasn't one of my top five initially before the draft, but I'm headhunting out here. Oh my! Um, and so I, I'm taking that one from you. Lethal. Um. I might give you a free spot with this one because I don't know if you would put this one on, um, but I do like it quite a bit. Mid nineties. 
Mm. Yeah. That I I wanna say I gave this like something you're gonna really, really dislike me for this somewhere in the 70s, maybe when I rated it. You gave it a 79. Oh, you looked. <laughs> yeah. You're prepared. You're prepared. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't I need that's I don't know. I keep saying I need to rewatch these movies and I know I won't rewatch all of them. I don't I don't know why I gave it that, but that's just where I I know you really like it though. Yeah, I, and I don't think it's great. Like I think I gave it a low 80s. Um and I I happened to scroll by your score after I was watched after I watched two things. Um I watched Okja yesterday. Great movie. I gave that a 95. People What did I give it? You gave it a 96. Yeah. People on Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 81. Well, what can we expect from the public, man? Yeah. And then um, Paris, Texas. Oh, yeah. I watched that for the first time. That's one thing about COVID. I've been able to just watch movies, which is pretty much all I do in the summer anyways. But um, I watched that. You, You were raving about that movie on your review. Yeah, that was... That was a it was a weird one. And I think in my review, I said that I hated it. I hated it for like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes or maybe even the first half of it. But then the back half was just so good that I loved it. Yeah, I, I you gave it like, a I think, a 94 or something. Yeah. I gave it a generous 90. I initially gave it like an 87 and then I thought back more about it and then I did it again. I was trying to find it to see if you had a score for the fighter. Because mm. I finished that movie this morning. That was Christian Bale. Yeah, and Mark Wahlberg. Shout out Mark Wahlberg. Your boy, Marky Mark. Um, I want to hear about mid-90s, though. I want to hear you defend. Yeah, I know, I'm getting off track. What, what you love. <laughs> I know that you probably gave it some extra points just because it's your boy, Jonah Hill. Um, like, you know there's some bias in there. I yeah I wouldn't even say it's because my boy Jonah I think the culture he creates like I think it's like you talk about like period pieces and things like that and like mid 90s encapsulates the 90s perfectly because obviously I lived five years of my life in the 90s I know everything about it um but I feel like when I'm watching that movie I am taken back 25 30 years and like I'm able to see what it was like back then from the very opening scene where we see the main character in his brother's room and there's like all the 90s hip hop posters and like the Jordans and like just all the the 90s video game culture, like all on the walls, like and the music is just great. I just love it. And I mean, to add the element of skateboarding, I love skateboarding growing up. I don't think the story is groundbreaking at all. I do think Lady Bird is a better story than mid nineties. Um, but there is definitely bias for just like the appeal that mid nineties gives me that others don't. Hey, we are doing favorites here. So who am I to, to say anything? That's right. I do. I do also remember for some reason, I'm, I'm really good at remembering music in movies. I don't know why, but there's that party scene and it plays it's i just looked it up it's a herbie hancock song and watermelon it's, man yeah and it's like doo, 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 doo. 
yeah. it's it's that's an awesome scene it's like the weirdest music and it's just they're all drinking and yeah it's cool i have but that song cool if you're underage <laughs> yeah yeah don't drink don't do anything bad just ever no matter who you are be a smart human um that song watermelon man though i have yeah. that song in my um classroom playlist at yeah. school it's a weird song and like it always comes on in the middle of like silent independent work time or whatever yeah and, like if i'm happening to, if i'm at my desk and the song comes on and it's quiet like i'll just like subtly turn it up <laughs> and kids will start like looking around like what the heck is this and like it's just great <laughs> i should just get an audio recording of you and put it on the playlist heck yeah um no way anybody be able to focus during that brilliance hitting their earphones. So, um, all right, my last two picks. Um, I really can't believe you didn't pick this. I'm going uncut gems. Oh, I this forgot the Sandman. Um, great pick. It is just an insane movie. It never stops. Adam Sandler is amazing uh kevin garnett should have been nominated for um best male actor at the oscars um no yeah i mean it was just an awesome movie i really liked it that is a great one um what's your next my next say mine dude you are you're hurting (laughs) over there (laughs) um this is my last pick right this is your last pick my last pick is gonna be eighth grade um bo burnham i love bo burnham i think he's a genius and i think he needs to make another movie this is his only one um but yeah i love eighth grade eighth grade's another one that's got an awesome soundtrack um yeah i don't know it's just maybe part of it's because like it's about school and just like that time in your life that like we're kind of around but yeah i love eighth grade and Is yeah dreaming right now um i don't think so no it's not okay because i need to see that one yeah it's it's really good and please make another movie bo burnham i'll take anything um great picks i think i think the audience would take your draft over mine if i'm being honest i'm a man enough to admit it um but you know there's what i only, love i love my picks there's only one way to find out and that's if the audience lets us know yes and how on can twitter, they let us know on on twitter at teacher film talk um we're also on t uh the tiktok as the kids like to say at uh teachers talk film um and yeah, we put uh, clips uh, from the episode on there. You can see our beautiful faces. Uh, so yeah, check both those places out or shoot us an email. Anything. I'll even take a, uh, a postage stamped letter. <laughs> if you can find our addresses. You think people still know how to write letters? I tried to read. Uh, I don't know why. I just I tried to read cursive the other day and I, I was like, whoa, this is tough. And I can write in cursive, but it was hard to read. So it i honestly have to look up every time i write a letter where the stamp goes which side it goes on (laughs) (laughs) 
that was me writing a check for a while oh like, yep that too freaks me out yeah i would i would have to go on youtube <laughs> how to write a check <laughs> and yeah thankfully i don't have to do that anymore but there was a low point in my life where i needed to do that yeah yeah we're uh, what can we say we uh we're hip man we're hip so in with the ticks and the talks <laughs> and all that good stuff my fifth pick is abrupt transition i don't think this is going to be a groundbreaking pick um but hey if you're looking for an enjoyable turn your brain off kind of movie but also has some heart to it that's going to make you think and you won't want to put your eyes away from it the disaster artist <laughs> what did you say uh, you said turn your brain off and i said midsummer <laughs> oh midsummer i almost put that on my list but i'm picking the ones that i like now all right sorry i interrupted you no you're good the disaster artist have you seen it i have not seen it you should watch it today it's on netflix it was I, uh give me the pitch why should i watch it today besides uh, that i can turn my brain off because it's a true story based on a man who was like self-righteous in his acting and directing abilities. And like he creates his own low budget film. Um, and this is a film that actually came out and it's terrible and the acting is terrible, but it's turned into like a cult classic. The and Room. Yeah, The Room. Yeah. So why am I telling you if you know? Well, and I know the story behind it. Like, I know, I know about it. I know who Tommy Wiseau is. I just, the, the movie, I was just like, eh, the, yeah, I don't know. I never, never felt like it, but maybe I will. No, well, I feel like an idiot because you told me to tell you what, why and what it's about. And then you already know. No, I mean, like, what about the movie itself is good? Like, is it, is it very funny? Is it, uh, I don't know. James Franco does a good job. It's funny. Um, it's serious. It led me down the rabbit hole of um, finding the room on YouTube and watching it and just. You watched it? Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. No, you didn't. I did through like, like with like Japanese subtitles <laughs> and like filmed with a toaster kind of watching. Yeah, I did. Uh, which was a worst watching experience? Was it The Room or was it uh, Once Upon a Time in America? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, three hour and 40 minute movie. If you have not watched or listened to the Once Upon a Time in America episode, don't you can learn about my journey through watching that film. I think safety wise, watching The Room was easier. <laughs> <laughs> my health and safety and well-being wasn't at risk true true allegedly um, allegedly allegedly <laughs> um uh, the room's funny man you gotta yeah, watch I, I do like watching movies that i know are gonna be bad um one of my favorite movies of all time night of the lepus it's about these giant rabbits it's awesome um and it's terrible so yeah, I, I just have to get in the right mindset to watch a terrible movie. I think you start with The Disaster Artist. It's a great, like, going to bed movie. Like, I'm just going to throw this on and go to sleep right after kind of thing. Yeah. I, I like it. You should watch it and tell me what you think. 
All right, I'll, I'll check it out. I told you to watch Cha Cha Real Smooth, and you loved it. So you did. I owe you big time for that. So yeah, check it out. Check it out. Okay. Don't check it out right now, though, because we are going to review an A24 film. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <clears throat> Synopsis. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Um, You saw this when it came out in a theater in Denver, Colorado, all by yourself. I saw it in a theater all by myself here where we live. Uh, when it came out and then we just watched it again for the second time today hopped on here to give a quick review i think i can say for the both of us there are going to be things that we forgot to say after we hit record or end recording and publish it like there will be a million other things that i'd want to talk about i think there's not there's not enough time that we could give to this movie and serve its justice it's so good everyone who knows us knows we love it um start us off where do you want to go this has the danger of being in a kiru level episode where it's like three hours long and yeah but we'll see we'll see can i interrupt you really quick yeah you uh, you ask to interrupt me and then you take a drink of water (laughs) (laughs) well because i think it's fitting because was there anything in this movie that reminded you of a kiru like like not like symbol or theme wise, but like just like aesthetically or story wise. I I mean I was thinking of Akiru while I was watching this. I think just I probably said this during the Akiru episode that like anybody can take anything away from it. Um, and I think both these movies are similar in that way for sure. That like you you it, anybody that watches this, you should be able to take something away from it. So, yeah, I think they're similar in, in that way. I love it. I think there's there's a there are a ton of things that we could take away and we'll get into it. And I'm sure we'll compare it to Kiru. But did you notice the opening scene? I feel like they were given a nod to Kiru Because the oh, opening scene, we see just Evelyn. Clicked. Yes, just clicked for me. Go ahead. Yeah, we see Evelyn camera right in front of her desk desk is just covered with receipts and tax papers and she is just quite literally drowning in her sorrows of her work in the beginning of akiru we see kanji as the public worker man working for the city with just piles and piles of paperwork with no like passions outside of his job very kind of rough around the edges um swamped by his work evelyn swamped by her work and at the end of it both films they both find like what it means to truly live um and so when that scene came up this time it it didn't click for me the first time when i saw it in theaters um but i thought immediately like this has to be a direct nod to Akiru. The Daniels people, they're not brothers, right? They're friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the Daniels brothers. The Daniels, yeah, they're, they, they're, 
their uh, first names are Daniel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm an idiot today. Uh, <laughs> but this comparison is genius because I felt super smart when I came up with this. I was like, they have to be giving homage to Akira. Do you see it now? No, I t- totally, totally see it. Because, yeah, we get that scene in Akira where it's, yeah, it's raining. He's just got stuff stacked on his desk. And, yeah, it's almost like the exact same with, with Evelyn. What a what a comparison, my friend. That was beautiful. Yeah, so that cancels out any idiotic statements that I make or that I already have made. <laughs> um. I was going to try and like maybe go, I feel like we always jump around a ton, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but I feel like I took kind of good notes that maybe we could go like in chronological order. Maybe. I don't know. Let's do it. So you mentioned the beginning and I think the beginning is awesome. The, especially the use of mirrors. There's a ton Mm -hmm. of mirrors at the beginning and it's like not totally used throughout the rest of the movie, but, um, like the first shot that we see is of a mirror and it's of like their family being happy. Um, and even the first shot that we get of the dad of, Oh, what's his name? I just watched it. Waymond. Waymond. Yeah. The first shot we get of him, it's like so cool that the door shuts and then the mirror moves and we're seeing Evelyn and his face all at once. Um, and I just thought, like you said, it's a good intro to her and this time, I wouldn't have noticed it the first time. I just noticed how unlikable she is in the beginning. Like, she's just so rude, and she's, like, running around crazy. Um, I just really didn't like her at all for, like, the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I noticed that the first time I saw it. Um, it definitely stood out more this time. Um, specifically, and I know this is what the movie's, like, prominently about but like her relationship with her daughter like she's very cruel to her daughter right at the beginning she says to her like you have to start eating healthier you're getting fat just like bluntly stating things like that and I think like in Chinese culture like they don't use like euphemisms and things like we do and like that's probably why like we're obese as Americans (laughs) um but yeah, she is very mean. She's very rigid. And whereas Kanji wasn't so mean, he was very rigid in his ways. Um, she's showing it, Evelyn showing it in a different way. You mentioned like the, the symbol of mirrors. I liked the beginning. It's not, it's like in the beginning, the first 25 minutes or so when she's learning about like the concept of verse jumping and on the screen, we see like a, like a crack in the screen right in the middle. And yeah. there's like one side of it is like where she is at now, which was at the IRS meeting with Deidre, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And then in the closet about to verse jump into a different universe to help save the alpha verse or whatever you want to call it. Um but it's like a mirror looking in on both and it's just showing the contrast of the two. I thought that was really well done. There's so much to like visually about this film. Yeah. I was going to mention that too, because it's like the whole mirrors thing and that there are like multiple realities and they do such a good job. I think I'll talk about this later. Such a good job of filling you in on what's going on. Like even that crack in the screen, 
like she's not totally in one world or the other she's in both of them and they do such an amazing job of of showing that um one quick thing before we get to the irs meeting is i wrote it down seven and a half minutes in we get the first like notice that something is off and it's in the like security footage yeah her office and i just called it the parkour scene because it's (laughs) Wayman's just, just going ham. It's, and it's like the perfect little like sprinkle of like, hey, something something is off here. Something is weird. And I just thought it was such a cool way to show it that it's like in the background, but it's all you're looking at. Um, so, yeah, I, I just really like that before we get to like the craziness of the IRS meeting. Did you did you notice that the first time you saw it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I just like that. Like they could have like not shot it through the security footage they could have like gone into the laundromat so i just liked how they did that like you don't feel totally in on what's going on no it's definitely it's like goes back to the concept that we say like show don't tell yeah like just show us something wacky and zany that's going on don't just tell us um we get a great mix of it within um wayman's narration the Alpha Wayman. I love that. <laughs> Alpha Wayman. Um, I, before we get too far, the costume design on Wayman, like I say this in the most endearing, non weird way. He is the most precious character <laughs> of all time. Um, like he is just the typical, genuine, kind dad's dad kind of character. Like, the whole time I'm feeling so bad for him. Like as they're going into the IRS meeting, he has like the divorce papers and like, he's looking at older couples and seeing them kiss each other. And like, he wants that in his life. And he's just this cute little guy with his tucked in um, green collared shirt with his baggy khakis and his like new balance Papa 85s on feet. The fanny pack. Yeah, the fanny pack, dude. Like, they killed it with his character, just the way he's dressed. And the actor choice is perfect as well. Um, I felt so bad for him in the beginning. That's something that I didn't necessarily pick up on as much the first time. Yeah. um, And we get into, like, more of that, like, feeling bad for it. Well, actually, you mentioned him as an actor. I think it's K. Hoy Kwan. I'm butchering it, I'm sure. But um, like the fact that he can do the like, like you said, the dad is just dork and then go and do like the fight scene that he does in the IRS place is ridiculous. And he kills both of them like he is both of those people. It's it's awesome. I think he's um, I was reading something like you know that he is um, the kid from Goonies and Indiana Jones, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And he had, like, no career between these things. So it's, like, crazy, crazy comeback. Yeah, so I think during that time, that long period of time, he worked as, like, a choreographer and, like, a stunt double. And so, like, I think that gives credence to, like, his fight scenes in this movie. Um, like if you're talking about resurrecting your career as an actor, I mean, what a film to do it in. 
I feel like he was the only one who could really fit really well. Like there's no one else I could really think of that, you know, has the same demographic as the family that would be able to play the total dorky, nerdy dad. And then also the frankly BA um, fighter that we saw in the IRS meeting, like just fits so perfectly. Yeah. Uh, So let's get to that IRS meeting before we're like in the office. We have, I thought it was a really cool scene when they're in the elevator and like her life flashes before her eyes. Um, And I thought that that was cool, especially seeing it for the second time, because you know that it's like coming back, like she's going to see these moments over and over and over again. But it was just cool to you like get her backstory in like 20 seconds. Um, And just that whole elevator scene is awesome. Um, like him, like explaining and jumping in and out of like, what the heck is going on? Uh, and it's really weird. And then we, that leads into like, she gets the real deal. What we were talking about, she gets pulled like into the janitor's closet, basically. And the way that they shot that and the way that that looked like the, the blurred sides, like it's all you can see is her face. She sucked back into the janitor's closet. Like that is, it just looks so cool. Yeah, that's really kind of like the when the story picks up, like they establish the characters first and then we get into that. Um, You mentioned the flashback, I think because they show the flashback multiple times. um, The thing that the flashback does for me just really paints her father even more as a villain than I already thought him to be. Yeah, because like she basically is disowned by her father when she leaves and which makes it even more sad why like Waymond is, was trying to like reconcile and do things for so long to the point where he's just giving up because they literally gave up their whole lives for each other. They moved across the world to start this own, their own business and live out their own quote unquote, like American dream. And again Evelyn being so rigid is like not even aware of like the damage that she has caused um until she is thrown into that janitor's closet where the story really begins to pick up and take a turn and I noticed that too um it's right before I can't wait to talk about this fight scene but it's right before that fight scene and the the dad is like sitting in the wheelchair and he says to Evelyn he's like you never finish anything Mm -hmm. um and it's like in that moment, kind of everything changes. She decides that she's like going to punch this lady. Um, so, yeah, you see that like the dad and Evelyn's relationship is then, yeah, carried on by Evelyn to her daughter. And it's just like this, yeah, chain. I didn't notice that the first time. I was glad I noticed it this time. But yeah, then we get into the fanny pack fight. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh my goodness. Him just using the fanny pack as a weapon and all the like, he's like throwing it around his neck. He's slingshotting it at people. He's hitting it with people. He puts the fish rocks in it. Yeah. It's, it's like, come on. It's so fun. Did you notice like it does it in, I think, all the fight scenes, but the frame ratio changes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like it's it it, thinner, right? Right. Yeah. You yeah. see the black bars on the top. They do that throughout the film, but this is the first, I believe it's the first moment where it actually happens. Um, we see the buildup where he pulls out the chapstick and he <laughs> eats the chapstick. 
and then the screen gets wide and then he just starts just busting heads with his fanny pack my favorite move was right at the end where he does put the fish rocks in his fanny pack and then he's like slinging it at somebody and then in one swift motion he throws the fanny pack at the security guy knocks the guy out cold brings it back and belts it onto his waist in one clean slick motion no hesitations uh, the other crazy one what is he like throws it at him but still holds on to it and the buckle of it goes up into the security guard's nose for just a <laughs> second and he yanks it out uh it's just like so creative like this whole movie is extremely creative but they don't they don't stop ever like the fight scenes just add on to it this yeah it's the first moment where if we begin to see like the true bizarreness of the movie and that continues to pick up um throughout the movie it can it gets a little bit more serious in the the second half um but i don't want to get there yet um the bizarreness kind of carries the first half which how do you feel about it just overall the bizarreness yeah especially in the first half I, I live for it, man. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I mean, I think it's the, probably the, like I said, it's a creative movie. I think it's probably the strongest point of it is it's just like you never quite know what the heck is going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably my favorite part of the movie. It's just how weird it is, how different it is. Because I think, like, I think this movie is, and I'm kind of just playing devil's advocate here because, Everyone knows I love this movie. Like this movie literally has everything everywhere all at once. But do you think people, I think there's something that anybody can get from this movie, regardless if you're 12 years old, and even though 12 year olds should not be watching a rated R movie um, to 40 year olds. Do you think some people would bat an eye at all the bizarreness in the first half and turn it off and not see the back half? Um, yeah, totally. I think there's, I think that's maybe one of the biggest problems with movies like this or i could maybe just say a24 movies in general is they're weird like they're different they're they're not what you would expect a normal movie to be so yeah sometimes you gotta like be uncomfortable and power through that a little bit if you're not loving it yeah because remember when we talked about um and we'll get back to the plot but like the box office with this compared to like the dora the explorer like yeah dora definitively did better than this movie in the box office but i'm gonna say objectively speaking this is a way better movie yeah in all ways yeah um yeah yeah Uh, some people would definitely be turned off by hot dog fingers and (laughs) yeah we'll we'll get there (laughs) um speaking of hot dog fingers jamie lee curtis in this beginning fight scene looking thing she's um she's insane i I thought she played the role really well um we talked about wayman's versatility as dorky dad to kung fu expert jamie lee curtis deidre she plays the compassionate yet kind of crazy (laughs) well towards the end towards the end yeah okay okay (laughs) Let's say, let's say civil professional IRS woman and crazy enraged 
person. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Cult following, yeah, woman. The scene where she's um, fighting off Evelyn and right before Evelyn jumps, um, verse jumps for the first time, like she jumps off the staircase and like she's about to kick her straight in the head. Um, And she just has that look on her eye. Like, I thought Jamie Lee Curtis did great um, adhering to the bizarreness here. Yeah. And leading up to all that, like, I thought that they did an amazing job explaining verse jumping. Like, I I understood it, how Waymond was explaining it, like, right away. Like, the visuals that they were showing of all the branches, um, the different universes that they're talking about, like, I thought that they did an awesome job there. I liked that they were also, like, flashing back and forth between, like, Waymond and James, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and... um, Evelyn and they were going back to like that team in the camper. I think it was a camper, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just the Alphaverse. Yeah, I thought that that was super cool. Like that you know that there's like a team behind Waymond and they're like trying to, like, yeah, fix the universe basically. And then yeah, that scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is jumping through the air, like, yeah, that's another point where everything changes because she's verse jumping and just the idea itself that. Like you're using these different universes, but you're not staying in them. You're using them for yourself to like learn new things. The when the knee is like in her face and she just like does the like karate kung fu, whatever. It's so awesome. I thought, yeah, that was great. I think, yeah, and that first verse jump for Evelyn is when the concept of the multiverse comes to like true illumination for us. We're able to understand it. And that's one thing I think um, Marvel needs to take notes from with this movie. I think like the concept of the multiverse obviously is huge with Marvel right now. Um, I feel like this movie like actually does it in a way that has like a clear purpose. Like, cause I think like with Spider-Man, um, like obviously with no way home, like they have the multiverse with all the different Spider-Mans and I touched on it the last podcast, like they're just touching on nostalgia and it works, but like, there's not a, there's no like real intent there other than just the sake of nostalgia. I feel like with this, like it does like a, it does a service for us to think about like the ways in which we act about little things affect others and things like that, because there's a line when Alpha Wayman is talking to Evelyn. He says something like, every little decision you make in this world branches off into um, another multiverse. And so, like, we ultimately realize then that that is why there is this evil um, Jojo Chewbacca. I think I'm saying that right. Um, in her daughter, because, like, just the way that she's been treating her daughter, like, it manifests into this villainous character in this other multiverse. Um, Like there's some actual like quote unquote, like meat on the bones with this concept of multiverse that I feel Marvel doesn't get. And I feel like Alpha Wayman explains it really, really well here. Um, As you comment, I'm going to go and fill my thing up really quick with water. I'll still be able to hear you. So say stuff. I thought like you're talking about multiverses. I think what this one also really got right is that like there's stakes, there's stakes, not only in like our normal universe and our, our alpha universe or whatever, 
but the fact that like even in, when she is like the movie star or when she's the chef or when she's even when she's in the janitor closet like she's still a person there and she has to balance those two different lives um i thought was like yeah that's what we don't get with marvel we get our our one universe and then we don't get we don't get anything else so yeah i like that there were stakes and in all the universes that we see and with those stakes like um it's uh, like evelyn's character develops through this film but at this point in time when she jumps for the first time she sees all the various lives that she led as the famous like kung fu actress and all that she then jumps back and she sees wayman and she says um so this is where she says like yo you're about to say it yeah yeah like i saw you or i saw my life without you in another universe and it was beautiful rough rough yeah if you're wayman like how do you take that come on (laughs) yeah that's yeah that that's a tough line tough tough line um and i'm glad there's like it's changed by the end of the movie um but yeah that's that's tough our our next kind of scene is our intro to jobu tapaki or jojo chewbacca or whatever whatever we want to call her she gets very so many names um this is like uh this is to me when i was watching this the first time i was like okay this is this is quite the movie because (laughs) when she's turning them into um mariachi dancers Dude, everything <laughs> like the that guy he throws up and the confetti comes out of his mouth and the yeah. confetti comes out of his gun and then she's wearing like four different costumes. She's walking a pig. Um, yeah, she's shooting these guys up with uh, bullets. They're bleeding dresses. Yeah, flapper dancers, mariachi band guys. Um, they're using various different things as weapons. Uh, it's just it, it, like come on, it is amazing, amazing, amazing. Like it, and it just never stops. Like I'm gonna keep saying it because every scene just keeps building and building and building and building. It just keeps getting better. Various different things as weapons. Hey, I'm I'm a <laughs> I'm a teacher. I'm pro at this. Baby. <laughs> we were talking about euphemisms earlier. <laughs> um, I love it. No, but I think like like I mentioned the bizarreness. I feel like this is the point where if you're not invested in this movie yet, and like you see this scene like you're turning it off or you're walking out of the theater because this is just so weird and i love it like i I thought it was great um turning the police guy into like confetti and like making the one other guy turn into a mariachi dancer and then fighting off people with unexpected weapons um like it's just so weird and like it's almost like how am i able to take a movie seriously when it doesn't even take itself seriously but it's like you just got to keep watching it you just got to keep watching it yeah and so from there we like get the intro to her um it's uh, that's where we get our hot dog fingers because she tries to jump and like i thought even that's a nice addition that like there's there are these crazy universes where yeah people have hot dogs for fingers and all these crazy things um and then we get to kind of what really gets us into like the theme and 
like everything for the movie is the bagel. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quick shout there. out to um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Ooh, why? Um, the monkey scene. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I didn't think yeah. of that. Yes. With the hot dog fingers. They're like, there's a line <laughs> where it's like, what if hot dog fingers were like, the dominant species in our world and like it goes back to the opening scene of space odyssey where the apes kill the one ape with the regular hand i love they all have hot dog fingers <laughs> yeah like this is great this is great that is great you were talking yeah. about the everything bagel um just we really get i just wrote down that she says nothing matters like that's really the basis of like kind of why why she is the way she is she feels that nothing really matters in in any way which is i don't know probably one of the bigger things that we'll be talking about i would guess i think it kind of um like this is where it begins to illuminate the theme while like contradicting it at the same time which makes no sense but i'll try to make it make sense um because like the everything bagel like um jojo chewbacca like she says something like she basically just threw everything on this bagel because nothing matters so like why not um but then on the flip side i feel like the message of this movie is to realize then that since literally nothing matters like just do whatever you want like there are so many lines where the Evelyn says, like, we can do whatever we can now, or, or like, we just do what we can. And like, finding the simplicity and like the beauty of simplicity in life and like enjoying the little things, like Waymond has in the first act of the film where he's um, putting googly eyes on everything. I want to circle back to the googly eyes. Um, but like, we're seeing like this story is so intricate and complicated with multiple layers dot 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 multiverses being influenced but it's telling us to like enjoy the simple things and like really like you say nothing matters exemplified through that nothing bagel yeah so maybe do you want to get away from the plot now and just just talk about what the heck is going on in this movie well i I think that's fair because i mean would you say like the introduction of the everything bagel and like all of that. And um, when Evelyn tells her family, because right after this, she tells um, Joy and Wayman about the concept of the multiverse. And do you know what she compares it to? Do you remember that when they're in that room and okay, she's trying yeah, to right. explain what the multiverse is? Yes, I have this in my notes that we must talk about it. It's it's Rakakuni, correct? Yeah, Rakakuni. Yeah. She she compares it to the Rakakuni Disney movie, um, where somebody else is basically controlling your thoughts and actions. And um, I do think that's sort of where the tone of the movie shifts. It's still bizarre and silly, but it does get a bit more like thematical and philosophically deep. I think it's also where she makes her biggest decision where she's like, uh, okay, I'm just going to be like uh, Joe Boo and I'm going to just like be as powerful as her and switch to all these different universes, which, yeah, like the whole movie's built upon that later because then we get all those different universes that she's in. Um, 
so yeah i i think what you you were saying like yeah nothing matters and then i think what it, the movie really says at the end is nothing matters so if nothing matters don't do like negative things with that like do positive things with that the whole this might be my favorite part of this movie just as an idea when when Wayman says like this is how I fight and his whole like thinking behind that is like I don't need to like punch people or get angry or anything I just like she calls him naive and he's like you know what I am naive like I am just the dorky dad like that's how I fight off like the bad things in life and once she realizes that and once like I realize that as the viewer just like oh yeah there's there's more ways to like fight things or get through get through that idea that nothing matters like man that's I, I just love that so 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 much be honest with us um were there moments in the first viewing of this film that you you maybe choked up a little bit oh the the tears were welled up in the eyes i wasn't sobbing i wasn't wouldn't even say i was crying but the, the tears were there my friend they were there you oh yeah um, oh yeah multiple moments the that yeah. moment too like that you just mentioned with wayman um talking about like his like him being naive and just like him fighting with kindness essentially but also the the line when they're in the the other universe and it's like fancy Wayman with his suit and then uh, Evelyn as the actress. And he goes, um, I just want you to know, like, I would love just doing taxes and laundry with you. Yeah. Come on. Oh, Great. man, dude. <laughs> I might have teared up just two hours ago and I already knew it was coming. I was like, oh, my gosh. I think that's the other great thing is it shows that even between all these universes, like people are still kind of the same, like that Waymond felt that way, like that that was how he fought in all of the universes was like through like being kind and um, just like being himself uh, and not being like confrontational or anything. Um, oh, another line I got to mention. It's it is that line when he like first says be kind, like. And he says, like, be kind, especially when you don't know what is going on. Like, when you're confused, when you can't figure things out, like, that's when, like, I'm like that. I freak out when I'm, like, confused and don't know what's going on. And, yeah, you, like, tend to get negative. I just like that idea that when you're, like, freaking out, just, like, be nice to people and probably yourself, too. Yeah. Um, everything you just said kind of connects back to what, alpha wayman said in the beginning where it says like everything you do here branches off into consequences in another multiverse and so again marvel take notes like they deliberately are interconnecting like the various people from each different universe and showing how they all interconnect with each other um which you could get super like cosmic talk and like say like you're a variation of something else somewhere else and like maybe that's what this film is also arguing but like everything's connected in one way like this gets weird but like you could be a rock just chilling you don't know okay here's a question for you what's what's your favorite universe that she she jumps into mm. Ooh, that's a great question 
mine's easily the rock one. I just, I love the rock one. I love the dialogue that happens there. Uh, I, I love the rock force. Yeah. I might've cried during that rock scene too at the, in the first viewing. And the then I was like, <laughs> yeah, like I was just like, took it back. And I was like, why am I crying about this? Like two rocks. Two rocks. But I don't know. That just shows you how impactful this film is. I think I honestly probably like just the ordinary universe. Yeah. Um, but I will say, despite the the scene where Evelyn comes and she reconciles with her daughter and it's like the end coming full circle, my favorite scene with her outside of that is the end fight scene where, and this is where we go back to the googly eyes. Yeah. Um, she puts the googly eye on her forehead right in the middle, smack dab in the middle. Um there's so much I want to say about the googly eyes. Um, but then this is after she hears Wayman's talking about just being kind and everything. Um, you've heard the phrase like to kill your enemies with kindness. Yeah. Like that's what she does at the end. I love that we get the visual of killing people with kindness and what it looks like. Yeah. And it looks different for every person. You might um, shove a perfume grenade in someone's face um or you might do something else that i won't say on this podcast <laughs> um just just i love that imagery and tied along with the googly eyes um because at the beginning of this film I'll okay wait, wait wait yeah because yeah, i, I want to talk about the googly eyes too is that what you're about to talk about yes yeah 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 okay I just got to interrupt you real quick, because as I was watching this, I was just thinking of every famous villain in every movie. And I was like, man, what if they just needed somebody to be kind to them? What if what if Darth Vader just needed just needed another girlfriend like that would have fixed everything for him? Um, so that that's a very uh, that's a tangent. But that's what I was thinking as I was watching this to play devil's advocate. We wouldn't get the Empire Strikes Back. Okay, you want to get the dark night, <laughs> but no, you're right, right? Like, it's just kindness is the answer, and that's what they're saying. But I also like, sorry, I th- I'm getting us away from googly eyes, but I this promise is okay. It's like, I like that they show it's not that simple, like, it's not like everybody's just fine if you're just nice to them, and that they do a great job of that. You mentioned it with like the reconciliation s- scene between the mom and Joy. Because it's like they like shoot, they're mad at each other during that scene. They're and they are kind to each other, but there's they still got stuff to figure out. It's not perfect. So like it's not it's not like this movie's just pie in the sky. Hey, if you're just nice to everybody, they'll they'll be great. Like it still shows that it's tough. Like she still has to save her from jumping into the to the bagel. Yeah, and then to touch on that, not everything's perfect. Um the last scene, I know we're kind of getting on a tangent, but when they go back to Deidre and the IRS meeting, um, Deidre's like, there are tons of improvements here, but like, but there are still some problems we need to address. And then like, there's this pause and then she's like, Evelyn, are you with me? And then Evelyn just smiles and says something like, what's that? And then it ends. Yeah, Like she's realizing to take the problems as they are, realize that at the end of the day, honestly, cheesy as it sounds like these earthly problems are just earthly problems. And 
you know, you're going to be okay. All you can do is be kind. And that's the best thing. Um, so I did like how it ended with that. Not everything's okay, but it is okay. Anyways. Yeah. All right. I promise googly eyes. So let's talk googly eyes. I love googly eyes. I think this movie changed the way I look at googly eyes. Um, because whenever you look at googly eyes, you just like, oh, that's silly kind of thing, you know? And at the beginning of this movie, um, we see the one lady who's coming in for her laundry and her ticket numbers, I, th- I believe it's 42. It is. Yeah. And Evelyn goes, Wayman, where's 42? And he's like, oh, I put it upstairs in, in the apartment because we were running out of space. And so she goes up there and she's like, why did you put it up here? And he's like, I wanted to put it somewhere where it would be happy or yeah. to make it happy. And he puts googly eyes on the package, on the clothing. Um, and he's just putting googly eyes like on the out of order washing machines. So like literally just seeing the positives in the bad situations kind of thing. No space to put my laundry. Let's put googly's on it, googly eyes on it, throw it upstairs. Washing machine isn't working. Put googly's eye, googly eyes on it and it's all good. Um, and that's Wayman's character just like, allowing the silliness and like the kindness to dictate and control you and not let the negatives come in. And I think that's ultimately what the symbolism is with Evelyn putting then the googly eye right in the middle of her forehead, um, not letting her anger dictate her actions anymore. And literally, like we said, just killing them with kindness. Um, Googly eyes will forever be a symbol of happiness for me now um they're great i yeah i just love how that little thing comes full circle at the end yeah so two things for me number one is like yeah they do a fantastic job of like the symbolism of it and just yeah it's it's really easy for us to realize oh she's she's come full circle she's kind of like it's like the perfect hero's journey like she's gone through all these trials at the end of it she's coming out a different person um so yeah, the when that bullet changes to the googly eye and she shoots them back at them, amazing. The second one is, I don't know, two or three years ago, I had somebody just put like, I don't know, a bunch of googly eyes in my classroom, just like tape them to the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I took like some of them down, but I took, there's one that's just like on my clock, like right in the middle of the clock, just one googly eye. I have a big Shakespeare poster in my um, classroom and he's got two googly eyes on him and so yeah when I was watching this I just kept thinking about my room and I was like you know what that is why I put those there because I think they're stupid and dumb and like silly and like yeah it's just that's kind of reflects me as well like I just like stupid dumb stuff Uh, so yeah and the rocks tell us we're all just small and stupid right and right. so why not enjoy googly eyes while we're here? <laughs> um, shoot, I was going to say something and I've lost it. Um, oh, it's another. Oh, yes, this is it. It's a, with the googly eyes. She shoots one at um, her dad sitting in the wheelchair and he picks it up and he just goes, this is stupid. And he like throws it. And I love that part, too, because I was like, it is stupid. Like, it is stupid. What's, what's happening in this movie is stupid. It's crazy. It's bizarre. But there's also that balance of, like, you're learning something from it. 
And that is, uh, come on, can't get better than that. And I think that's where, like, I think this this movie is very similar to Akiru and like just living life to the fullest and looking at it through a glass half full mentality and just enjoying silliness and things like that. And kind of touching back to Akira also just like letting your childhood inner child come out like googly eyes. Like you don't see many adults with googly eyes things. Um, But the way the story is delivered is much different in this movie. Um, But dare I say just as effective um, maybe not as effective, but darn near close and still one of my favorites easily, easily. One of my favorites as well. Um, I'm, I don't think I really have anything else. That was, that was good stuff. Yeah. What else I'm glad we about? took it plot point by plot point. Cause that's kind of how I wanted to do it too. Um, that's how I usually take my notes. So yeah, it's, it's just so zany yet powerful, yet heartfelt, yet just at times you're just like, what the heck am I watching? Yeah, Um, It's one that you really have to stick through, stick with, and just trust that it's going to give you something because it does that and more. Can you give a negative? Um, Yeah, I only have one negative. I think the, the concept of the bagel is a little bit, I like, I get it. I feel like they could have done it a little bit better. I feel like it would have been cool if um, Joju or whatever um, basically was like setting out to create her own, her own universe that would then obliterate all the other universes. And so like, she was trying to select like the best alpha verse characters and like bring them with her, like all these bad enemies to then wipe out every other universe so that she controls quite literally everything. Um, like I thought that would have been cool um, because I did feel like at times like the everything bagel was a little bit like shallow isn't the right word, but just not fleshed out as I think it could have been. Um, but yeah, that's really my only, I wouldn't even say it's a qualm, but that's my yeah. one negative. Yeah, the first time I watched it, like when it, the bagel popped up, I was like, what? It's just a bagel. Like, I was like, that's, but the second time I, I just knowing it was coming, I think helped because I loved it. Um, and I also liked that she said the reason why she like created all of this was like to have somebody to go through with it. Like, she wanted her mom to like basically destroy herself with her. Like, she didn't like being alone. And I kind of like that too. Like imagine like your um I don't know recent DC or Marvel um super villain doesn't just want to like destroy the world they like actually have something psychologically like deep down within them that they're like hey I just don't want to be alone like that sucks or I don't know I just thought that it was like there was some nuance there it wasn't just I'm gonna blow everything up. Yeah, I, I feel that. And I a lot of villains have kind of the both of that with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No other comment on that. Yeah, because like I said, it's, it's not even really a negative. It's just one right. thing that could have been done differently. 
Um, are you ready for a score? I'm ready for a score. Um, I, don't think, I don't think you are ready for a score. I think I know what your score is. Do you? Yeah. I don't think you do. Does it start with a one? It does. <laughs> so the, the first time I watched this movie, I gave it a 99 because I was just like, you know what? I, I just can't. I can't give it a hundred. And after the first, I don't know, half of it this time, I was like, this is a hundred. If this isn't a hundred movie, I don't know what is. I love, like I said, the creativity. I love that you still, it packs a punch. I, I mean, we didn't even talk about the lighting. We didn't talk about the cinematography, which is all amazing because we got so much just from the movie itself. So it's a hundred. I'm sticking to it. It's a, it's a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm already thinking of things that I could have said, but it would open up 80 jillion cans of worms that would keep us on here another three hours. Um, I don't give a hundreds. I gave a Kiru a 98. I feel like I'm, I'm not going to give him a 99 either. Cause I feel like that's just, just toying with them. Yeah. And obviously I'm taking it way too seriously because no one cares. Um, which is the point of this movie too, but this is a 97. This is one of my favorites of all time. Um, it's in my top movies on my letterboxd profile, um, along with Akiru, and it's phenomenal. I think it it quite literally has everything everywhere all at once. It's the best movie I think that's been made in my 27 years of existence. Um phenomenal film i bought the blu-ray 4k digital download bundle for this i don't buy physical media but i went out and bought this the day it came out because it means that much to me um for any film to really be one of my favorite films it has to have i say this every episode but like some emotional connection and there's just so much of that here while also entertaining me in a bizarre zany fashion 97 nice i like it I, yeah i i also like that we we just tie it to akiru so much because it they are so similar and if you haven't watched akiru or listened to episode six i believe of this podcast especially if you liked this movie i mean it's not as akiru's not as obviously crazy as this one but it I would say it packs maybe more of a punch. It's uh, a great, like, if you're looking for a double feature, yeah. you go Akiru, everything, everywhere. Yeah. Like, totally. what a great way to spend six hours of your day. Yeah, no doubt. Um, also, just kudos to you for knowing just which movie episodes we did just off the top of the dome. I, For some reason, it's easy to remember that one. It's easy to remember Blade is number five. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. As we're getting up here, it's getting a little tougher, but I do you think Akira is my favorite episode we've done so far? This one will be up there too, even though this is my flu game. And I know I said some stupid things, but that's okay. So okay. how do you connect this movie to teaching x-ray? You know, this is a lot like, um, uh, this is a lot like independence day where I really just didn't have anything to connect. Just kidding. I probably have too many things to connect to this movie. I don't know. I was thinking about it the entire time I was watching it. I feel like I have so many 
so many. Um, I'll go with, I, I kind of just mentioned it. So I think I'll mention it again. The balance between serious and stupid is so important for who I am as a teacher. Like this movie just cements it for me that you, you, and I am, I am stupid and ridiculous and dumb 75% of the time. But the other 25%, like I, I packed the punch. So I, and I always like get maybe hard on myself. Like, am I too, am I too googly eyed and not enough <laughs> uh, rock? So I don't know. This, this movie like cemented for me. It's okay to be stupid as long as you got like whatever that is to, to back it up. Yeah. I feel that. And I, my connection is the same. So I'm not going to just, repeat everything you just said and everything we said in our like philosophy talk towards the end. Um, I will say though, like if someone was to ask me what, what my job is like or what happens on a day to day schedule as a teacher, um, I would say, Oh, it's basically everything everywhere all at once. That Um, is a great way to put it. We see it all. We wear many hats. Um, for one hour, I am going to be a rhetorician of many intelligences. The next, I am going to talk about um, the impact of Spider-Man in popular culture. The next, I'm going to be a guidance counselor. Um, the next, I am going to be a basketball advice giver. Um, like whatever it is, like we have many hats and we do everything everywhere all at once. So that's my connection. That wasn't yours. <laughs> well, put. well, put. you forgot the one where you are, uh, a buff pinky owner. Yeah. <laughs> Doing, um, pushups with my pinkies off your whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to write on the whiteboard with my hot dog hands. <laughs> <laughs> I thought one more I thought of just and I know like like you'll feel this way too. Um there's that scene like in the I think they're in the camper with and it's Evelyn and uh Joy. And I think it's like kind of doing some flashbacks and it's just like the dynamic between like kids and their parents. And I feel like that's the nice thing as a teacher is we we're we're like not their parent, but we're not their friend. Where it's somewhere in that gap. Um, Because I feel like that's another big thing of this movie. Like once um, we have kids, we'll probably think of this movie differently. Uh, But just like it's nice as a teacher that you have like that middle ground and you can be someone that like a kid can talk to that like um, not like they keep secrets from their parents, but just that they like feel better telling like a random adult than like, yeah, just going straight to their their parents because like that dynamic is definitely talked about in this movie right and i was going to mention this in the review too but like evelyn like chases her daughter in the back half of the film in all the universes yeah because she's like longing for that connection and she knows that her daughter is in desperate need of a companion or compassion and so she is longing for that and chasing after her. Um, And I think we need to do the same. Like we don't need to get so caught up in curriculum hundred percent of the time and just 
metaphorically chase after these kids and sounds so cheesy, but really like chase after their hearts and just understand who they are as human beings to then be that, like you say, not a friend, but not a parent, but just that again, cheesy kind of role model, positive influence that you aspire to be, which is why you get into teaching in the beginning, right? Because you want to be a positive influence on a young person's day. And you can only do that if you invest, chase after them and show interest, genuine interest. And do it every once in a while with some, some Google eyes. Yeah. Be a little vulnerable. We should, have you seen, um, the movie where it's jack sparrow it's not jack sparrow it's johnny depp maybe it is pirates of the caribbean but like he has like on his eyelids he has like tattoos of eyes oh that is i think that is pirates of the caribbean he's got like pain on his eyeballs yeah yeah would you be down to googly eyes tattoo our eyelids Ooh. you know i've been thinking about getting a tattoo recently and i never know what to get i'm like nothing means enough to me to get a tattoo googly eyes on the eyelids would be pretty sick in all seriousness like if i was like like in my other multiverse if i was like a famous rapper or something or musical artist i might do that honestly why don't we each get a google eye somewhere not on the eyelids just somewhere i'm down honestly i want the uh you know above the underwear line some have a a or maybe a rude name for it, but just imagine a googly eye right there. That'd be sick. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm down, man, honestly. All right. Easy tattoo as well. Yeah, really. No color or nothing. Maybe we'll do it. Let's do it for, um, well, we won't, we won't cast it out on the public airspaces, but maybe we'll do it when we reach a milestone with Teachers Talk Film. That's what I was thinking. So do we need to set that milestone now? Do we want to do it like how many episodes we get to? No, no, how no, many no, no. followers? We to, yeah, we need to uh, we need to bribe the people. We yeah. need to bribe the audience of none. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We might have to think about that. I don't know how to how it's easily easy to measure our numbers. Like obviously we can see it. I don't know if other people can see it though. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. This will have to be a text exchange where we um we ponder this a little bit because yeah. I'm genuinely down. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, TTF. Make it happen because I think we're just selfish and we want an excuse to do it. Um, <laughs> but come on. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Tell your friends, tell your grandparents, tell your ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends. We, we need all hands on deck here to get the, the far count up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get that number. We won't disclose that number to the public. It'll be just for us. But No, no, no. We'll disclose it. We'll disclose oh, okay. It. Yeah, we Once have to, right? We got to be yeah, transparent. Yeah, yeah. We got to oh, give God. people something to shoot for here. But if we tell people our numbers now, they're going to just laugh and be like, there's no way. <laughs> okay that's true because, we'll and that. then if we say hey we want to get to this number people are going to say that's it hmm. you guys must really be struggling <laughs> you know by the end of this we'll probably have like 30 tattoos because we're just going <laughs> to keep raising the number <laughs> yeah we'll do the swing set from akiru next yeah yeah <laughs> no yeah we're getting on a tangent we need to text this through yeah i'm down though for real i'm down
Uh, are you ready for the movie we'll be watching next time? Uh, I hope I'm ready. I'm, I hope it's available via a streaming site. I am currently looking right now on my phone at Prime Video, and this movie is popping up. Maybe I'll even start it just to make sure. Um, so, oh, I don't want to get some ad. Um, okay. I thought, you know, we're winding down summer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we need to get back in the mindset of school. For sure. So I was like, I need to pick a movie that maybe revolves around school a little bit. Um, okay. And, you know, I really liked with this movie, we've got a female protagonist. So I was like, mm-hmm. let's keep it rolling. You know, us two dudes, we got to be inclusive of um, our female counterparts. Mm-hmm. 1995 film many of my students have told me to watch this i feel like if you're a girl you've this is just like you've seen this movie so next week we will be watching clueless okay uh i'm sure it is bound to have just as much uh valuable lessons that everything everywhere all at once taught us (laughs) but you know this has like been on the list and it's not really one that i just like want to watch by myself uh so i'm gonna force you to watch it as well and talk about it for a little bit i'm down i'm i'm really glad that when you were saying female protagonist until you said 1995 i thought you were gonna say uh freedom riders oh no way and i was like i used to watch that movie every year for with my kids and comp 10 so i'm glad you didn't do that clueless is one that yeah i've, I've heard like it's kind of culty. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I needed an excuse. This is an excuse. Who knows? Maybe four months from now, I'll have something clueless related tattooed on my buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that won't happen. Um, but no, we will watch it and, and we will talk will, about it. It'll also give us a little more hip with, uh, like you said, it's it's got a cult following of like younger people, like kids that we teach, like they love it. So, and it's PG thirteen, right? I would I would think so, yeah. Because one one of my students was like, "Mr. Main, for our blockbuster unit, we should watch Clueless," it and is. I was like, uh, "I don't know. I need to probably screen that first. Actually, it's rated R for blood and gore." Okay, yeah, so good thing I did not just throw it on to a bunch of 16 and 17-year-olds. I'm just kidding. It's PG-13. Okay. I was going <laughs> to blood and gore. It turns, <laughs> turns very violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PG-13. Um, so, yeah, Clueless. Prime video. Um, yeah. Sweet. Next. Yeah, stay tuned for other announcements. Um, we might have a bonus sode coming up at some point. Yeah. Ooh, yes. um, we will see um, but until then x-ray is there anything else you have for the people um no keep enjoying that summer it's hotter than the mug out here man but whatever we'll keep living you just say hotter than a mug hotter than a mug i did you hang out with kids way too much yeah you need to bump up your uh 25 seriousness to maybe i've never heard a kid say that ever for real for real Oh, I hear it. I say that as a complete and total joke because I know how stupid I sound. I say no cap to kids. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> and they no. hate it. But yeah, I love they it. hate it. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Maine, this is so hard, and I'm like, oh, no cap. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh yeah, that's rough. Yeah, they they don't like it. <laughs> all right, that's all, all right. I can think. All right, X-ray, TTF Nation. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Until next time, get some vitamin C in you. Go outside for a walk. Don't catch COVID. Be the best you you can be. Do your homework. Watch Clueless. Enjoy the remaining weeks of your summer. Remember to have googly eyes in your life. X-rays laughing at me as I'm spewing on. You should keep going. More, more. Um, no, now I'm on the spot and I can't. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not good with improv. Um, eat an everything bagel. Yeah. Make sure to add some cream cheese on it with a ch- a gallon of half and half. Um, sit under a desk and just go to town on those. Watch Clueless and get a clue. <laughs> Shout out Lindsay Lohan, I think. What? Get a clue. Isn't there a movie with Lindsay Lohan? Get a clue. Um, no idea. All right. Anyways, <laughs> until next time. You are loved. Have a beautiful day. Do your homework and peace out. Peace out. Yeah.